0: Hello, Amit. Hey, Andrew. How are
1: you? Good, uh, good, uh, good buddy. How's it going? You okay?
0: Yeah, very good, thanks.
1: Excellent. In the festive cool. mood yet? Yeah, or...
0: yeah, no choice in my house, mate, to be honest with you. Like, literally, <laughs> you've got two young girls um, and a wife who are all over Christmas, it's kind of by default, but, but all good. Excellent. Yourself. Yeah.
1: Yep, yep. I've got my little, uh, my festive Yoda here. There's a uh, Yoda as Father Christmas. <laughs> yeah. so, so that is, uh, that is, uh, yeah, I'm lined up now. So yeah, without, without him, it, uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense, but, uh, with him in place, he's, he's good. How's, how's your week been? Uh,
0: yeah, pretty good. I think just, um, feels, feels very Christmassy, I think in general. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is the kind of year that everyone's kind of desperate for it to end sort of thing, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, I think people are kind of you know a little bit more positive, depending on where where they are, I guess.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, or just yeah. Uh, desperate for a break. I guess that's uh, that's that's because uh, a lot of people's holidays have been pushed, and uh, no one's taking any leave. And 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 right. So and then meanwhile, you've got people needing to use budget up for the end of the year. It's uh, yeah. it's definitely definitely a busy time. It's um I've gone back yeah. to uh, Zoom fantastic uh the uh, the last the last week or so it's been uh, back to back to back um yeah so but uh, that's that's positive
0: yeah yeah no and and i think it's i think there's a few people I've, i can see who uh who've joined today who are um, uh by the looks at based over here and um and i guess Dubai's literally like the polar opposite of anywhere else in the world at the moment i'd say kind of barring sort of china and other parts yeah. of the far east
1: um, yeah, i mean exactly. things
0: things are very much kind of open and very normal I think and we're not talking new normal we're talking old normal aside from meetings I think mean, it's still yeah. a lot of stuff happening over zoom right but
1: yeah but i mean yeah, I everyone's out yeah. and about yeah business perspective there's definitely still zoom is still the preferable communication yeah. the kind of group meetings etc those those aren't back on track um, however you know going out socializing you know socially distant socializing with with uh, with, uh, with masks and everything. And there's been a few more kind of mini events, I'd say, over the last week here. So, and that's across the Middle East, yeah? Uh, well, GCC, anyway. The GCC um, definitely seems to be uh, operating at a different level at the moment to to everyone else.
0: Yeah. So, obviously, we had Jitex, which was what, just over a week ago. Um, yeah. It's event season. So, even at night, you've got all the social kind of, uh, you know, awards evenings and all that kind of stuff that's been going on.
1: Well, um, yeah, we, we we had an award ceremony, right? That we uh, we went to, we we kind of went along to last week. Uh, very different to how it would yeah. have been uh, previous years. It was uh, all outside, no sit down dinner, uh, just kind of stand up tables. The, you know, yeah. even to collect uh, to go up and collect, it was it was all very much in in COVID norm, as it were, right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Awesome. So, exactly. so you, yeah. So mate, what's what's caught your eye this week?
1: quite uh it's kind of it's caught my eye for probably um different reasons but then Mm -hmm. it's turned it's a personal reason then turned into a business reason so uh as as uh you know people that kind of engage with me over any longer than about a minute realize that i'm a massive star wars fan um so uh so basically you know with disney plus announcing this huge uh new um this huge new um Give me one second here. Sorry, there's just some noise outside in the garden uh, with some huge news of new shows that are starting up. Uh, so uh, all in the kind of Star Wars universe and then Marvel universe. Obviously, they own the rights to this. So they they kind of, obviously, Disney Plus started um you know whenever it was eight eight months or actually kind of just pre-covid so uh fired up with very limited run as far as from a showstopper perspective you know considering their back catalog considering the powerhouse that they are um and everyone now kind of after this new release is starting to realize you know they're, they're kind of a true contender to the likes of netflix and and so many other streaming services so i think it was interesting to to see you know that that entire um let's say portfolio on show uh, and although some of these these shows have been in the making a lot of them came out of the blue so it kind of got me thinking i wonder is is this based on the fact obviously like we're spending more time uh, at home um yeah. you know and, and then potentially watching more tv i don't know or or the right type as it were um so yeah just to know your thoughts on that. Uh, as far as you know kind of coming to the table do you reckon this was a planned uh planned or or it was just part of the new game plan
0: i look i think i think disney have had to in some respects reinvent you know quite a large proportion of their business right yeah um you know production's been limited obviously theme park revenue which you know when you're charging i don't know 12 bucks for uh for a pepsi or whatever it is i mean it's nuts yeah. right so So the impact I think has been significant. The um, yeah, so, so it feels like, look, I think, I think companies like Disney, I think there's a few others that, you know, we could probably talk about But you know, there's a lot of people who definitely realized, um, you know, just in terms of kind of pandemic isn't going away. Yeah. um, You know, in, in, if anything, it's getting worse. And, um, and, and so in the short to medium term, they just need new models, right? New business models.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. Obviously, I mean, it was in place, uh, you know, prior to this, but they've definitely you know kind of hooked into it. Um, it's it's as you said. I mean, they're the impact. A lot of people don't think potentially about some of the other uh, activity, you know. But there's, I mean owning certain brands like star wars like marvel like all the disney there's all the yeah. merchandising associated to that so you know as you said when you shut down <clears throat> when you shut down these parks as much as they're open now they can't have as many people in them those people are not buying as much merchandise they're not buying as much pepsis or uh, you know ridiculous turkey legs for those of you that have been to disney yeah. <laughs> i usually see be, people yeah. walking around with this dinosaur-esque Turkey leg uh, running around ostrich leg, so uh, yeah, all of these these kind of impacts, um, you know. But I, I guess it was just interesting to see, obviously, when there was the COVID kicked in, you know, and this kind of bleeds into another story that caught caught the eye was, you know, production, as you said, halted. You know, so so these shows weren't even able to be made. Um, mm-hmm. Some of that's obviously been been released, uh, and and obviously, especially in in California, where. A lot of these shows are are kind of shot and cast. Um, They're still kind of relatively locked up. I mean, there's another company that's left uh, to go across to Austin again, Um, you know, where they seem to be a bit more open down there in Texas, as it were.
0: Yeah, I think I think. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's definitely kind of that going on. Um, but I mean, you were talking the other day to me about sort of what's going on with Warner Brothers and HBO as well, right? I mean, is this kind of just more of the same, or is it is it slightly different? What's 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 your kind of views on that?
1: I think, I mean, I think that's that 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 possibly has bigger implications because that is a direct um, a direct uh, kind of result of COVID. So you know, for those of you who don't know, Warner Brothers uh, basically announced that their entire twenty twenty one catalog of movies. Um, that would ordinarily just be shown in cinemas uh, is going straight to HBO max as well. So, you know, the day that it would be released in the cinema, you can sit in the comfort of your own home uh, and watch, watch that movie as well. And I guess that's, that's huge, right? Because that's not something they would have necessarily done pre COVID. Um, You know, there's still a comfort level of going to, I'll be honest. um, I I haven't been to the cinema uh since 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 kind of lockdown. More so because the the titles available, there haven't been any. Um they've pushed everything, you know, that I perhaps want to watch like James Bond, like you know, Wonder Woman, all this kind of stuff. So um but yeah I think I think that has that has massive implications on on the movie industry, right? And I think you were talking about the fact that AMC, one of the largest chains yeah. in the US, is running out of cash. I, I guess what they've got a few more months they were talking sort of saying or
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it's very, very, very in kind of enormous trouble by the sounds of it. So they came out a couple of days ago and said that um, you know they can't they can't really generate any kind of uh, revenue at the moment. And again, you know they don't they don't have the luxury of of a Disney and uh, perhaps even a Netflix and people like that. You know, in terms of owning their own catalogs, it's you know they're very reliant on kind of new things and new movies and and things being released. And if you look at the James Bond film, right, I mean that was something that we were talking to one of our clients about at the beginning of this year. Yeah. And that's been now pushed to April 21,
1: 21. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. And yeah. it's been pushed, I think two or three times now. So yeah, yeah I, mean, I think look, that industry as a whole, I think is in, in, is in, is in a ton of trouble. We, we've been to the cinema once, but it was literally go to the cinema, went to the cashier and said, right, is there a film where there's nobody else watching it? Ended up being this kind of borderline horror film. My ten-year-old daughter was kind of scarred, I think, for a few nights. <laughs> um, but, but you know, we were safe. <laughs> but I mean, it yeah. was like, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was nuts. I mean, well, know, I think,
1: I, I mean, even even that business model. Had, look, at the end of the day, you know, we, when you shake it down and, and you actually think about it, they're just venues, right? I mean, they just happen yeah. to have comfy chairs and, and they they sell, you know, uh, food and snacks, uh, drinks and and snacks. And I think I think the thing is that we've seen in the past locally some of these uh, places, you know, running sporting events. So the IPA cricket, they're the kind of, uh, you know, but I feel like I don't know. I feel I feel like that industry at the moment hasn't really been able to to shift into something new. What can they do? Right. They have these yeah. huge space. They have this huge you know, uh, screen this incredible light and sound. I mean, that, so so what what else could you do there? Could you start looking at running events? Could you start looking at doing sporting, uh, you know, activities in there uh, because they're, they're a venue at the end of the day, right?
0: No, absolutely. And I think we've seen we've seen a little bit of a shift. Uh, you can hold sort of corporate events and presentations and things like that in these places. Yeah. Uh, how quickly can a lot of people kind of pivot and get that audience in? Look, like, there's lockdowns in places as well, so, yeah, so it's cool. tough. Yeah. I think the, I think what's interesting when we talk about these kind of industries though is is the off right? So not the spin-off, mm-hmm. sorry, the the impact on, the impact. right, on on uh, sort of complementary businesses, like for example, advertising on cinema screens, right? Yeah. Again, you know who's who's going to be investing money, you know, on that platform now because they're just not going to get the eyeballs. So that's right. You know, the, it's not just about losing revenue from. Uh, you know, people not going to cinema. They're losing advertising revenue now. Potentially, the um, you know, for the, the guys who are kind of you know filming and producing these adverts are, in, are being impacted. I mean, it's it's uh, it, you know impacts impacts so many different people further down the the supply chain. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. It's, it's only when you start to look at it and you dig in and you think about well, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, you know, they're not selling popcorn anymore. They're not selling nachos. They're not selling hot dogs. They're they're not selling sweets, right, and candies. Um, they're, they're, none of that that is is happening, and then there's less movies being shown, so there's less yeah. need for cinema <laughs> cinematographers, uh, as you said. There's you know it, it's all it's all reduced, and I don't know where I don't know where people's comfort level is going to be. Um, you know, as far as I still, as as you said just there, I mean I'm I'm not overly comfortable still with uh, with crowded places. Um, unless it's if it's outside fair enough and there's kind of you know air floating around or whatever but but it feels like um and i don't know how long that's gonna where well, we're gonna get comfortable uh with, yeah. with that right uh, back back to back to that kind of squeezed in uh, environment uh you know and, and then ultimately a cinema unless they start to and, and what they're doing at the moment, from what I understand, is you can't sit next to each other. Is that correct? So I think you kind of sit. there's a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, it's all No, here. I think
0: it. I think even from a family perspective, it's all separated. So, so yeah, it's right. not. Okay. It's not ideal. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think I think that's challenging. But I think Andrew, like you know, just kind of moving into today's show, I think a little bit more. We we wanted to look at. Um, we wanted to look at twenty twenty one again. We've had a couple of episodes in the past where we've said, "Hey, let's kind of make some high level predictions when it comes to marketing yeah. and sales and." and all of those things into 2021. But I I think none of us would have expected, I think certainly in March, uh, that in December we'd be in the situation that we're in right now. Um, I think even maybe two or three months ago, I don't think any of us kind of really predicted that, you know, in most parts of the world, the situation is now getting worse. And in some cases it's worse than what it was at the peak or at the height of COVID um, earlier this year. You know, so, you know, and and there's some really kind of scary stuff. I mean, you know, I heard on news the other day that they were saying that more people are going to die in the States. Um, so more deaths than 9-11 on a daily basis expected for the next three months in America. I think, which is, you know, when you kind of put it into context is is right. is really kind of huge and scary. Um, and then in the same respect, you know, we, there was the announcement last night in the UK where, uh, you know, London and now 32 million people are going to be on in tier three lockdown, which is basically the you know, as far as the scale goes in terms of badness, um, yeah. right? And, and you kind of look at all of those things and, and, and you kind of, you know, where, where is this going to end? And then I think just to top it all off, they started talking about new mutations of COVID-19. And I was like,
1: yeah,
0: I was like, gosh, this is like, um, this is now just getting getting kind of, you know, I mean you know, you, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you kind of find a vaccine which, you know, doesn't work for everyone, but works for maybe... 95, 96 percent of people, and guess what? There's now a new strain that's been identified in half a country in the UK, uh, which is different to the one, and nobody knows whether the vaccine will work against that strain. And 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 look, I think the reality now is that you know, is this ever going to end? And potentially not. Um, you know, it's it's we're just in a very kind of different world. And I think the impact of this, which I think we should discuss today, um, I think it's just getting more and more. I don't know. Um, I think harmful for a lot of our futures.
1: So it's, just, so, it's just yeah. So there's a powerful couple of statements there. I mean, this is, you know, it's it's. Uh, I I think it's a, a very a very real uh, a very real scenario, right? So I think for 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 those of for those of us or those of us out there that have they've kind of you know see see the glimmer of hope. Uh, you know, last couple of days, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of smack you back down again. Um, so I think the thing is that, you know, obviously, when we were preparing for this is understanding that, um, and then then really looking at, okay, what, 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 what do we think potentially is, is, uh, is something from a business perspective that we can continue to, to look at, and, and not, I guess, away from the kind of traditional, well, you need to focus on healthcare, right um because I mean I think obviously you know from a business perspective, yeah we know look if you know if it, there is these variants there is these strains, there is companies and global economies that yeah. quite frankly at the moment haven't had the impact um, and we can get into that a bit 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 later. Um, but but essentially at the moment you know what where, where where do we do we need to be looking or, or almost <laughs> I'd say almost at this point is a distraction, right? Um, you know as, as as a kind of distraction to to not necessarily what's going on but a distraction to to uh, to to kind of focus in on some things that potentially we have control over uh because quite frankly you know the, the the mutation the the lockdown et cetera we have very little or or no impact on right
0: yeah we can't We yeah I mean it's, yeah for sure look I think I think I think you're right I think and you've hit, hit on a good point there in terms of like for, from a business perspective, what is it? Because I think any business that was going to pivot, I think already has. Yeah. Um, but I think if we're now looking at this into 2021 and saying, look, are things going to potentially get better? Are they going to go back to normal? Um, I think no, uh, you know, and then, and, 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 you know, I don't want to talk about new normal and all that stuff because enough people to, be able to talk about that. But the point is, is um, this kind of new reality that we're in and, you know, again you know our business we've we've kind of made a pivot of sorts okay we've been fortunate yep. in the sense that you know people were interested in digital sales and digital marketing you know obviously you know for very obvious reasons and, and so we've benefited on the back of that um, but we've also been exposed because we've got clients who haven't been able to pivot but the ones who have you can see they're coming out now they're kind of getting stronger there's um, you know they're kind of you know, finding their new space within the marketplace and the yeah. industries that they operate in, and then they're seeing some success in that. Um, but you're right. I don't. You know, I don't think there's any value in us saying, "Hey, look, focus on the healthcare industry, and focus yeah. on maybe the finance industry." And you know, I, th- I think if we can, if we can sort of try and identify, um, you know, maybe kind of different kind of growth areas. Uh, I think also opportunities. I think what's key at the moment is, you know, we spoke about Dubai at you know, in the very beginning of a show, and, and apologies to those of you who just joined. Um, I've seen a few kind of come in the last few minutes. But, you know, we were saying that Dubai is very much, um, you know, seems very normal, right? Uh, yeah. You know, business is happening. I'm getting stuck in traffic um, on a daily basis now because I'm out as well, right? And, yeah. um, and, and you know, there's, there's just kind of movement. You know, restaurants are busy. Bars are busy. I mean, all of those things. we got tourists are f- kind of flooding in because... Flooding in right uh, you know queues at the airports and, and all of this kind of stuff um but it's not the same elsewhere and 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 one of the things and we i think we may have even I'm not sure if we were kind of you know polit- kind of politically sensitive or <laughs> sensitive to where we both live but I know we both had a massive moan in the early days of covid that we weren't getting any level of support from the government here right and and right. and and you know we we kind of looked at it and said you know especially when right,
1: uh, this business perspective.
0: From a business perspective, yeah. I mean, look. From a safety perspective, I don't think any of us were sort of concerned. But no. right? I mean, you're right. No. From a business perspective, uh, you know, obviously, even in our business, like literally in the space of seven days, fifty-two percent of our kind of future planned revenue for the next quarter was gone. Right? It was just yeah. it just disappeared overnight. And um, and elsewhere in the world, governments were kind of stepping in, and intervening, and saying, "Hey, we'll help you with your staffing costs, and we'll give you." Uh, collateral free loans and we'll kind of make sure that you've got enough money and enough business and and enough kind of security so that you don't lay off a ton of people and things like that. We didn't have that. You know, we had a, you know, we had a very generous um, 10% off our electricity bills, which, which was nice, you know, and, and you know, and I, I'm pretty sure I uh, invested in, um, I don't know, a few bottles of water for that. But essentially what, what it come down to is, is we had to find a solution very quickly, right? Yeah we had to figure it out very quickly. And what's happened elsewhere is people have had this almost blanket thrown over them where yeah. they haven't had to make the types of decisions that we needed to make quickly. And I think, I think from a Dubai perspective, that's allowed us to bounce back stronger, yeah. um, you know, to kind of pivot quicker, find new opportunities faster. Um, and, and what concerns me, uh, because it does impact us all, is in Europe uh, and generally across the West, um, people have been sheltered, right? They've been given lifelines and, and and government support and bailout money and handouts and all that kind of stuff, which means they haven't really had a full and real problem in the same way that we had.
1: Yeah, well, they, it's not the, the, the kind of fight or flight mentality, right? They, they haven't had that yet. So there was kind of a few weeks where there was like, what are we going to do? And then someone came along and went, it's OK. Like, we'll look after you for the moment. So... You know, focus on this and then, you know, we'll we'll take care of it. I mean, you, you and I, when we were, you know, kind of researching for the show, I mean, you know, Germany have come out and said they're providing furlough uh for another twenty four months, right? Right yeah. into uh, end of twenty twenty one, you know. So there's still there's still an element of hand or a lot of hand holding um in, in in other parts of global economy. And 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 obviously I think that because there isn't a realization across broad terms, obviously, you know, individuals, business has been impacted, businesses have gone under, people lost their jobs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a, a kind of a, a, a country economy level. Um, there hasn't really been that here, whereas here it kind of hit within the first month. Um, so, we, I'd, I'd say in the Middle East, honestly, we are a good probably six months ahead currently of of you know and that's currently so we're not talking i mean you know uk still furlough till march um you know and, and it, so so we're still a good six months ahead um and and that may be you know going back to what are the opportunities that may be just looking at this part of the world as an opportunity first and foremost and then okay what is what is on the back of that right uh yeah. because we've seen that across across the gcc so you know, across into Saudi and Oman and Qatar, and well, Qatar's not part of China, but, Do you know what? You
0: know. Actually, actually, you make a good point because I think I think maybe it is rather than looking at industries, rather than looking at kind of opportunities, maybe it is region-specific industries at the moment, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and and you know, places like maybe China and you know are, are slightly tougher because there's opportunities there right now. You know, they things have started to kind of go back to normal ahead of ahead of even where we are. Um, But the reality is that breaking into a Chinese market is a lot tougher than potentially breaking into, you know, a a kind of English speaking region in the main as to what we have here, especially, especially with the UAE, but of course, yeah, wider field in terms of Saudi and places like that as well. So I think, I think, look, certainly if, if you've got a business or an opportunity within your business where, you know, this becomes an addressable market or even parts of this region become an addressable market, I think that's certainly something to look at. Um, you know, if we look at even from a tourism standpoint, um, and, and we spoke to again, we, we see a lot of data and there's a lot of kind of mixed data that come out. Um, you know, we spoke to a very kind of prominent hotelier um two days ago and said to them, like, when are you expecting or when are you guys forecasting a kind of almost return to normal revenue figures? And and straight off the bat, first of October 2021. And I was yeah. like, Okay, what and, and how realistic is that? And they said, look, we've we've got a bunch of analysts. We've got a whole load of guys that are looking and, you know, crunching numbers and looking at everything, looking at what's going on here right now. And we understand that even though we've got, you know, lots of tourists coming in, actually things aren't going to necessarily kind of return to where they needed to return to until 2021. And despite, I mean, you imagine what's happened. Very few hotels have actually closed down, right? If anybody just, you know, over here, we've not had that, right? You know, so, so again, hotels pivoted they started offering long-stay apartment yeah. options and things like that. Um, and again, you know, so I think that's kind of helped them. But um, but again, if we're looking at then Q4 2021, um, again, there's going to be a ramp-up period between now and then where things kind of slowly get better. So that may be an industry where there's new opportunities, uh, you know, more kind of cash flying around. Um, I, I, wonder,
1: be- I wonder if as well, you know, October 2021 is Expo as well. So yes. it kind of, you know, smack bang into yeah. Expo, which obviously got pushed a year. Uh, we know that a couple of the pavilions have, have stopped. And it's interesting. I, th- I think, you know, prior to prior to this happening, Dubai was, you know, had successfully become a bit of a focal point globally, you know, for various reasons, right? You know, mm-hmm. aside from biggest, longest, tallest, all that kind of stuff, you know, when you used to travel, you used to get, oh, wow, you live in Dubai kind of association and and, and you work in Dubai. But I think now, you know, the the... There is real opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, as, as, and, and they're making it easier. They've opened up at a federal level. Uh, now you can have 100% ownership of your company. Um, you know, it's 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 obviously from a safety perspective, all these kinds of things. It's it's still uh, still up there as far as I think top 20 globally. So I think um, yeah, they they've done that. But I mean, I suppose the thing is that that relocating to a location, um, you know, physical location. Uh, and and kind of looking at business opportunities is is is, is different right um as, as far as kind of what, what what they are so i mean if it's not if it's not that kind of traditional industry-led sectors where where do we think there's there's some of that opportunity like what do we think
0: you know i mean there's going to be there's going to be types of businesses that they will look i think if we go back a step I think what all of us have taught ourselves to do is to think differently in terms of how we'd not how we would now maybe operate, run, um, and maybe even create a new business. Right. You know, where, so whereas traditionally we would perhaps look at, okay, look, and we've done this, right. If we're going to the UK, we need an office in the UK.
1: Yeah,
0: You know, we need a physical place. We need people on the ground. If we're going to the US, you know, we've done all of this and, and we kind of, and, and perhaps moving forward, we wouldn't, do that again right perhaps it's a case of okay well fine we can operate in that market but we can do it in a slightly different way you know in the same way now that i think you know we we we're we're talking about it right now do we need our office right the office uh we we renewed our contract just before covid like a week before yeah and um and it's been an empty office for the last year now so so do we you know you know so if you kind of start to look at those elements i think we've all taught ourselves to run and operate businesses now which are much more efficient which, um, which really kind of, you know, maximize whatever investment we put into it. Okay. So the, you know, the returns are there um, because we're perhaps investing less and still getting maybe a higher return. Um, and I think if we look at those minds, that kind of mindset, I think what people will continue to do is, is look at ways of doing things, but in a different way than they typically would. And, and, and I guess, you know, one of the things that could benefit on the back of it, which I think it will is like the gig economy. Yeah. Right. You know, if we're looking at, um, you know, the different platforms that offer kind of, you know, access to maybe hundreds of thousands of people that can provide small snippets of services, yeah. which ultimately save you from hiring an agency, which mm-hmm. save you from, um, you know, hiring someone physical
1: is exactly yeah
0: right you know i think all of these kinds of industries are really kind of going to flourish uh, i think they already are flourishing i mean we you know we're obviously not blind to that and we've we've been using a lot of these as well ourselves for certain projects but but the point is is um i think this becomes even bigger um, you know i think a lot of the kind of do-it-yourself kind of platforms and businesses where where again you know if there's if there's technology or some something out there which costs you maybe 50 or 100 dollars a month but isn't costing you four thousand dollars a month in terms of, of a crew? I think there's definitely a lean towards using those kinds of platforms. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think I think these are these are really where. Well, and also, sorry, mate. Before I do, kind of shut up. The whole point is, um, we still haven't seen that full impact in Europe and the West, right? So okay. the second people aren't on furlough, and have been let go and have to fend for themselves. Well, it's going to be thousands and hundreds of thousands of new freelancers kind of potentially out there in a market who can do something right yeah yeah, right?
1: Well, and I think, yeah yeah i mean i agree with you i think i think that that kind of gig economy is is very prevalent in in, in kind of our industry from uh you know some of the digital activity but you know if you look at things like TaskRabbit in 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 the us you know this is a gig economy that effectively you can ask anyone to do anything So, you know, it's basically like mow the lawn, paint the house, um, you know, kind of more physical and manual activities. Uh, Again, look at Uber, gig economy, right? You know, look at uh, Deliveroo, you know, look at, um, uh, you know, um, what do you call it, paper notes. I mean, all of these, all all of these, uh, you know, gig economy driven things are going to, basically going kind to of have an influx of people because you mentioned at the moment you know there's still people that are being furloughed they've got an opportunity to work for someone um they they but they should i think as an individual perspective be looking at that and then also from a business perspective. so i have a conversation this week uh, with a, with a with an organisation locally who was like I'm looking for you know a marketeer uh, you know to 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 run uh, ads and everything I, I can't afford to work with an agency I want to have someone in house so I have control over them etc. Perfect uh, you know where are you going to hire them? Uh, well you know here why? You know you, you can you can hire anywhere in the world right? Do you need do you, do you, do you are you in your office anymore? Uh, no I'm not. Okay so so why do you need that? Um, and that's definitely a conversation that wouldn't have happened a year ago. It, as you said, it was, it's a conversation if you want to look at a particular market or you want to look at, uh, you know, understanding what goes on there, um, y- you have the tools available to you now. And I think, you know, the tools potentially have always been there, but there has a, there's a new kind of shine of light on it, uh, even down to uh, organization I spoke to earlier this week as well, um, you know, providing nutritional supplements. Traditional method would be, you know, for hire somebody on the ground in, in the UAE. They go to physical meetings to set up distributors, to set up relationships. You know, now he's like, can't do that. What can I do? Well, let's look at, you know, firing up a LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. Um, or at the same time, you know, he was like, okay, where else can going to go? Well, have a look at Fiverr, have a look at this. You know, there's people that can run these types of uh, activities for you for, for relatively little cost, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that's that's going to be the way forward. I think certainly for the next year or two as well. Again, it just doesn't make sense unless it's a very highly kind of specialized task or request that you have. Um, again, I think it's just teaching teaching everyone to kind of run better businesses, do things in a in a much more efficient way. Um, I, think, I, mean, I think
1: I think I was going to say I just think one of the other areas that that potentially has uh, hasn't has an opportunity to grow is the kind of fractional ownership. Um, right. You know, I, I, I think the, if you look at, so, you know, the, there's there's a good friend of ours that, that, that owns a garage and he's very busy from an automotive perspective because nobody wants to buy a new car. Nobody mm. wants to invest in, you know, putting money on the line as it were, when we still don't know what's gonna be happening in, in 2021. Potentially we're using our vehicles less, um, you know, so there, there's these kind of self-drive uh, uh, facilities where you pay, you know, by the minute, um i think are interesting um some of this other fractional ownership from a property investment perspective i think are quite interesting as well where people may not necessarily want to invest heavily at the moment but they still want to continue with their life plans um so fractional ownership of of kind of property investment as well i think some of these some of these areas are are again interesting um interesting areas to look at right um you know as as far as 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 far as that i mean we saw even, uh, I think we might have spoken this about a couple of weeks ago, but there's a fully automated logistics and warehousing uh, uh, company here now in, in the UAE that has been born on the back of uh, COVID, right, with right. the increased e-commerce, with the increase, you know, and, and that's fully automated, app driven, um, you know, uh, again, so I think some of these some of these areas that so so not necessarily looking at an industry specifically but looking at you know fractal ownership or gigging or whatever you know those areas right
0: yeah and i think i think the that, you know going back to that part the um the way that the way that um mindset has kind of shifted right so if you look at things like um millennials Right. So we've, you know, we've, we've done a lot of research and now obviously we have to market to a lot of millennials. And we've been told for a number of years that these guys don't want to own their own properties. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. And and I saw some data a few weeks ago where that, there's been almost like a full U-turn where, you know, millennials who are now at home all the time are saying, actually, I probably need to buy my own place. Yeah. And now I, and now I don't need to live in, you know, central London or in Manhattan or I don't, yeah. you know. And all of a sudden, now it. things are a little bit yeah, right. Things are a little bit more accessible, and I think there's 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 definitely that to sort of take into account as well. Especially if that's your target audience, you know, within your business, kind of understand that there is a kind of shift in 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 sort of mindset that's going on as well. I think which is impactful.
1: I mean, you you mentioned. I think also there is a lack of understanding, right. Where where these new like the gig economy fits in? I mean, you you'd mentioned you'd read an article about you know the overvaluation of Fiverr. So look, Fiverr is is one of these huge gig gig based platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, look, your own daughter has a gig on there, right? Earning yeah. earning mm-hmm. from their coding, right? Um, so you you'd mentioned an article where this guy was trying to make a comparison from Fiverr and overvaluation to Etsy. So it's almost it like a yeah. complete lack of understanding, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was basically, and again, I think it is, this is the problem people don't understand. People who don't understand or perhaps aren't running businesses don't understand the value of these platforms. And I'm yeah. not just talking about digital businesses, but businesses of any kind, right? Yeah. You know, if you, nobody, there's I don't know any business owners at the moment that want to take on additional iPad, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I've never been able to say that ever, okay? Yeah. And yeah. so you know, you kind of look at it from that perspective and, and there was an article and I was just kind of joking around with Andrew, like yesterday when I was telling him, it was like, it was, it was the most bizarre article I've ever read where someone was saying, you know, fiverr.com is completely overvalued um, because essentially all you've got on there are, you know, people who haven't got any talent, um, you know, they are only charging a Fiverr, uh, which I don't, I mean, there's very few things on there for an actual, you know, five dollars $5 or whatever it is. Um, and it's limited to design and blah blah blah. And how can something be worth I don't know five billion dollars on the back of it? I mean, and 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 I think the last statement in that same article was, it's very difficult to you know compare uh, Fiverr with uh, with other platforms because you know it doesn't seem to be a standout competitor. Um, but I would compare it to an Etsy, which you know, and I, I had to remind myself what Etsy was. But but essentially, I was like, well, firstly, if you can't find a standout competitor perhaps partly that's one of the reasons for a decent valuation. The second thing is go on air and have a look and it's much more than kind of design work. And, 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 you know, I think, I think there's kind of, you know, I said it's, there's going to be people coming out. I think when you, when you said earlier, you know there'll be gardeners and there'll be people, you know these are the platforms where, where look, you know I need to earn some money because I've got to survive. What else can I do? You know, and is it, I can drive an Uber. You know, can I, can I kind of move the Lord Airbnb, I mean, like, you know, again, bigger lockdowns mean people will be kind of, you know, less uh, traveling less and renting new properties and Airbnb's valuations doubled in the last week. But Mm. guess what? The second things open up and people are on furlough, they're gonna be renting out their spare rooms the second they can, right? Because again, that's how they can make money. So so again, I think all of these kinds of, you know, platforms and opportunities and, and these platforms are real kind of facilitators to people making money. B2B marketplaces might be interesting as an opportunity moving forward because, again, I think that's something that needs to happen. I think there's a new one, uh, TradeLink, which is over here, uh, which has just launched recently, uh, which looks interesting. So I'd probably check them out if you're looking at this market. But, you know, again, B2B kind of marketplaces for products and services is is definitely, you know, I think very much in line with, you know, this kind of B2C gig model that's kind of growing.
1: Yeah, I look at that. And I think what's what's whereas we've whereas we've been very active in this space, um, as you mentioned, there's there's new players coming to the market tenu- continually to offer different types of services, like the likes of trailing from a B2B perspective. I mean, um <clears throat> essentially, you know, at this point it's just understanding what what industry is lacking a facilitator at the moment, <clears throat> you know, and, and potentially looking at at, at how how you can collectively disrupt that, possibly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's even down to some of the demand-demand economy-driven stuff here. You, you've got a very successful dry cleaning, um, again, dry cleaning company here uh, that owns no dry cleaners, zero. You know, they they basically have collated all of the distribution network of dry cleaners and built an application that allows people to connect people. Uh, look at the cloud kitchens now. So you know, cloud kitchens, obviously, you know, again is is uh, is something previously that, that you wouldn't even dream of. You know, you want to fire up a, a, an F&B business, you've got to have a fickle presence, you've got to invest in the space no longer, right? It's, it's, it, there's, there's, there's a facilitator there that has customers waiting for you as soon as you open your doors, as it were.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Andrew, I think, look, if, if we're kind of if we're leaning towards this way in terms of, okay, look, people are going to be very much kind of in a, you know, do-it-yourself or kind of provide-it-yourself mode, um, I think, you know, when we, we kind of talk about growth hacks every week, but I think perhaps yeah. what we can do is share a couple of platforms where, where perhaps people can go directly to platforms and get things done. Um, you know, obviously, from a kind of marketing standpoint, you know, there's a lot of our clients and, and, and people like that, you know, on these kind of calls and, and listen to these webinars. But, you know, I think, I think we can definitely kind of try, or try and help those that, you know, perhaps want to kind of try and get as much done themselves without relying on an agency and the kind of costs associated to that. But I think you found you found a couple of this week, week um, which kind of would help those kind of businesses.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, look, yeah. I mean, I, I think as you mentioned, there not only just um, not only just uh, you know companies that may not want to engage with an agency, but also from an individual perspective, just learning what's out yeah. there, right? Um, so there's some there is some phenomenal tools that can effectively organise your life a bit better. And 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 one of the first ones, uh, I, I guess we've got uh, two that we kind of want to we, we want to kind of dive into. The first one is uh, Card. Uh, so it's uh, C-A-R-R-D C-O um, and this is a pretty cool uh, site that allows you to just really quickly uh, fire up a one-page responsive site. So you know, running a campaign, organizing, doing a bit of testing, Uh, you for free, you can fire up a fire up a web page. And if you so desire to convert that into something that might be a bit more useful, um, as far as kind of removing uh, some of their watermark, uh, it's 20, sorry, $19 a year. So, you know, for the price of a couple of Starbucks, you could, you could get yourself uh, going up. I mean, that's, that's relatively straightforward. It's a bit, it's a bit one trick pony, um, but it's still, still valuable, I think as, as a bit of a hack. Um, the one that, the, the- Actually, I think-
0: just, just, just on that one as well, Andrew, sorry. The, um, e-commerce payment integrations available to that. Yeah. Right. So again, you know, if you've got a product that you want to kind of maybe just test and launch and get it out there in the market and, and not spend so much money doing it, um, that might be a really good platform. And like what Andrew said, $19, uh, or whatever that figure is, allows you to essentially launch an e-commerce shop within probably about an hour, right? Um, so again, low cost, low kind of barrier to entry, but allows you to go out there and kind of test something new potentially as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, the other one is called Phantom Buster. So phantombuster.com. So P H A N T O M Buster, B U S T E R, phantombuster.com. Uh, stumbled across this. This, uh, this, this, I'll be honest with you, I'm still at the, the phase of testing. Uh, where I'm testing it is I'm using it on LinkedIn. Um, and you can basically set up some workflows and data extraction. So what I'm looking at at the moment is uh, I'm, I'm setting up a workflow to export sales navigator uh, search data. Uh, but you can also do, for example, breakdown profiles on Instagram and pull profiles of influencers and pull that through. Um, and what, what's interesting about Phantom Buster is that it is actually uh, integ- fully integrated into LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, Instagram, Google, and Twitter. Those are the platforms, uh, the, the kind of most popular platforms at the moment. But what's interesting is how they, they bill. Um, so the, the way it works is they bill by um, the amount of time you can run your phantoms. So the free version, for example, allows you to run your phantoms for 10 minutes. Um, So you can run these phantoms for 10 minutes and you've got one phantom slot as it were, Um, but they seem to see their most popular one is, is the business phantom and that runs up to three hours a day. So you can run your phantoms for three hours a day uh, depending on what time you want to to go through there and and ultimately, you know, build out workflows and then and then pull out data and then set up automations on the back of it. So um, it very cool. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's something, again, from a B2B perspective, um, there's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool kind of just workflow. Uh, they've got a few examples on their on their homepage. So it might be worth taking a look at that as well. Phantom Buster. Yeah. But-
0: yeah, that is cool, and and look, I think I think that you know just kind of leads into another point. With LinkedIn, you know, there's a lot of people who are in a B two B space and they want to kind of target you know other businesses and and want to kind of figure out how to engage with them and things like that. Um, LinkedIn is probably the only platform really where there's a ton of data which is kind of open and available. And, I, and yeah. I'm not really sure whether it's um, whether it's done on purpose or whether Microsoft haven't really bothered fixing it, but but essentially. Um, there's a ton of tools out there and Phantom Buster is one where um, where you can extract, you know, contact information, email addresses, right. phone members, numbers, right, of, of actual individuals on LinkedIn. So, yeah. so again, you know, if you are kind of, you know, just looking to, not necessarily, you know, we're not recommending kind of taking the data and then spamming the hell out of them. But if you do have a legitimate, um, you know, interest in speaking to someone specific, then these kinds of tools, I think, would be priceless, I think.
1: Look, it, it's something. It's something that um, traditionally, as as a, our inbound approach to to lead generation, it's something that, that that we've only scraped, scraped, uh, scratched the surface of from an outbound perspective, mm-hmm. right? So, so for those uh, marketeers, you know, for those organisations that that are unfamiliar with uh with that outbound activity there's a ton of tools out there that allow you to to not start at the the ground level right um you can easily kind of start to target some people through abm and some other kind of activity based on some of the data that's freely available out there so again this isn't this is a legitimate platform it's a legitimate business there's uh linkedin is as open as you like there's there's plenty of uh uh, Chrome extensions that will extract mobile numbers and and everything from you, yeah. perfectly legal.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's What's a good you... name
1: for a, it's a good name for a podcast. Perfectly yeah, legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we, we've, we've we've signed disclaimer in brackets, but yeah. Not as good as uh, uh, not as
1: good as your friend. I think uh, you should tell uh, you should tell uh, tell the audience about a buddy of yours in the US that quite possibly has the best name uh, for a cloud based kitchen. Uh, uh, service oh, and things, uh, Cluster truck,
0: <laughs> you love that, don't you? <laughs> I, I mean, I've always loved the name, but I didn't realize it. I, I, I mean, you, you absolutely love it, but it's a great business. I mean, this is the guy who started the first cloud kitchen in the States, uh, yeah. and then obviously, yeah. unsurprisingly, is absolutely killing it, you know, in 2020. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah no, again, phenomenal business.
1: Yeah, but look, I'm just trying to get you to swear again on the uh, the the growth show, so it's okay. fine. Um, cool. All right, guys. Look, I think that kind of brings us to to the end of uh, this week's episode. So uh, thank you for spending the time with us uh, this afternoon, uh, guys. We know uh, for a fact that there are people where it's very late at the moment and very early um so we really appreciate you tuning in live again if you're watching it post show we get a lot of people that watch it after the event obviously because we're slap bank in the middle of the day for some people so thank you to that and thank you for listening to the podcast if you're listening as well uh we're back again next week uh again in this this kind of new format where we we essentially kind of look at things that have shown some interest to myself and amit and then take a bit of a deep dive on 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 that as well um but before next week, we have uh, something else going on tomorrow, right,
0: Amit? Yeah. Yes, exciting. Um, I think you should tell them about it because it's, it's uh, you're going to be front and centre of it, Andrew. Amazing.
1: Brilliant. So, yeah, it's, uh, so, so um, for those of you that, that have not seen enough of me, right, uh, this week we, we have a, a very special kind of webinar that's lined up tomorrow with uh, Penguin Strategists. Uh, I'm going to be talking to um, their CEO, Perry, and they are based in uh, Tel Aviv in uh, in Israel. Uh, basically, we're going to be talking to them about opportunities for business in the Middle East in that part of the world. Now, for those of you watching globally, obviously, that's not necessarily a big wow. Um, in this part of the world, with the recent signing of the Abraham Accord, uh, there's now free travel and business between those two two places, and this is uh, this is something that is is very new. Uh, so so we 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 we're going to be looking forward to speaking to to Perry and trying to find out you know as much as we've been talking about opportunities coming to this part of the world, um, there are still obviously businesses that are looking now to to explore that part of the world and, and kind of see that. So that is 12:30 uh, UAE time tomorrow so if you haven't already signed up for that it'd be good to to see uh, some familiar faces in the crowd as it were um, when uh, when we kind of sign on tomorrow for that as well
0: yeah and just a bit of background on perry he's he's been uh, he's he's actually he's canadian israeli but been in israel for the last 30 years
1: 30 years uh,
0: yeah. yeah you know kind of very strong uh, technology and entrepreneurial background there uh penguin strategies actually i think he's a leading uh, hubspot agency, agency. In israel, yeah in israel yeah um, And obviously we're we're the largest kind of HubSpot agency here. And I think it's, you know, so we've obviously crossed paths many times over the last few years, especially at kind of HubSpot events. Uh, Perry's a a very kind of good, strong, sort of knowledgeable guy. And and the whole idea of these events is, is really to kind of help, you know, UA businesses, but not just UA businesses, any business that's kind of looking at the Israeli market as an entry point, Um, you know, and especially kind of moving into 2021, uh, he's going to be kind of sharing what opportunities exist um you know how to kind of break into that market the kind of the do's the don'ts you know things to kind of be wary of um and i think it'll be super interesting so i'm looking forward to that andrew i think it'll be i think it'll be really good
1: i'm glad you are otherwise it'll be a bit of a nightmare um so (laughs) yeah um that's good stuff okay excellent guys uh, so we're coming to the end now so again as always thank you for your time we really appreciate you uh tuning in as much as we are now kind of season two episode three i think in total, so that might be 32 uh weeks that that you've kind of joined us um and uh so we we're highly appreciative we do the show for for all of you guys um and obviously we'll be back uh next week same time so uh amit have a good week i shall uh, i shall see you soon
0: Awesome. Take care. Thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks everyone. Yes.
1: Bye.